welcome to the Coochie Kobe podcast, a Bob's Burgers fan podcast. Today we'll be going through season one, episode two, which is titled Crawl Space. So in this episode, when Bob learns that Linda's parents are coming for a visit, he takes drastic measures to avoid having contact with them. This episode has several references to The Shining, especially Coochie Kopi as the bartender, and when Gloria busts through the wall with Bob and says, here's Bobby! I love that the writers included pop culture references even before they started giving the episodes punny names. So one note before we get started, this episode and the prior episode don't really have a main plot and subplots, but I'll slightly change the episode format to address those when it does. Thanks for your patience as I'm figuring out which format I prefer and which format you guys prefer. Let's get into the intro. I did notice that Jean has no keyboard in the intro. I'll let you know when they start adding it in, but it is a lot more fun with Jean's keyboard and with Louise posing. The store next door is Trot's All Natural Fertilizer, aka Manor. <laughs> so the episode starts with in the kitchen, the family is eating breakfast. It's raining outside and Jean is sampling cereal sounds, which is super cute. Linda's buzzing around cleaning. She's feeling a little bit crazy and has turned into a crazy cleaning person because her parents are coming to visit. I get it. I, I get like that too. It's not fun. But she doesn't want Bob to clean. She wants him to go fix a leak in the roof. He says that the pots there to catch the water are fine, but they are not, which Tina demonstrates by tripping over them super hard. It's, it's very Tina. And Linda asks, I think this is so cute. She asks, be my all-American fix-it man, Bobby, and then announces that she's going into the bathroom to check for stray hairs because no one sheds like this family. <laughs> So after she leaves, the rest of the family tries to establish sleeping spots for their grandparents. Bob says that they'll sleep in Jean's room because it smells like farts, which might make them leave sooner. He is not excited about their visit. And then Tina talks about how she can't really sleep with anyone because she has night terrors from when Bob let her watch Night of the Living Dead when she was eight. Let's listen to that sound clip now. It's kind of amazing. I think my subconscious fears and my budding sexuality are getting all mixed up. Oh, okay. I, I, Tina, I don't want to hear so about So I think I'm being attacked by zombies, and I start screaming, do you want to make out? And I make out with it. Hmm. I might just bunk with Graham and Gramps. Okay, enough. Jean and Louise will share a room during the grandparents' visit, and Tina is quarantined. Bob is disturbed enough by her erotic night terrors that he says they'll strap her down or something. Tina just wants them to leave her lips free. You know, Tina's night terrors are creepy and a little bit disturbing, but they're probably only PG-13, which is a relief for how young she is. Next, we cut to the hallway. Bob is on the ladder going up to the attic to fix the leak. Gene still has to do his homework. It's one of Bob's responsibilities to help him, but he's not going to do it for Gene. All Gene has is the title. History. A blast from the past. What kind of history is it? Most classes study, like, American history or ancient history, and we don't really know. I'm guessing American, though, since his report is somehow connected to Prohibition. While Bob is on the ladder, he's remembering all the weird sounds that Gloria makes. He doesn't hate her, but he does hate the sound she makes. And her voice. And the things she says. Ah! 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 I apologize for all the sound clips, but they're super fun, and I love Gloria's sounds. It's one of the many imitations that Cam and I love to do to each other, and it gets progressively louder and more embarrassing, but it's fun. Louise says that she can imitate Gloria, and Bob asks to hear it, so she does it, and it's great. But Linda hears and is super offended, so Bob fake apologizes and says that they love their grandma before whispering, We hate her! I love that this becomes a thing for him, but it's usually with inanimate objects, so it's interesting that the first time we see it is with his own daughter. 
Bob finally makes it up into the attic without being knocked off the ladder. He goes and lies about fixing the leak. He just puts another pot up there. This is a finite solution. While he's up there, he discovers a crawl space, which has an entrance in the attic. He finds out that he's behind Tina's room, and Jean asks if he sees a lion, a witch, or a wardrobe. Bob says no, of course not. And then we find out that Jean thinks Salman Rushdie wrote The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. That's incorrect because it was written by C.S. Lewis. I haven't read anything Salman Rushdie has written, but he's well-renowned, and Google told me that he used to be married to Padma Lakshmi, the host of Top Chef. I am very surprised that Jean has heard of Salman Rushdie, but not surprised that he doesn't know anything he's written. Anyway, Bob's in the crawl space. We hear Gloria at the door with her weird sounds and everything, and we see Bob's spirit is broken. Linda tells him to stop fooling around in the crawl space and not to get stuck, and then he has the bright idea to lie about being stuck so he doesn't have to see Gloria and Al. He can still hear them, though. Right now they're in the hallway discussing how Bob is stuck in the wall. Let's talk a little bit about Linda's parents. Their names are Gloria and Al. Gloria is obviously in charge, but Al seems really okay with that. He just seems kind of goofy and sweet, and his pants are practically pulled up to his armpits. It's hilarious. So then Gloria starts talking about, hmm, Bob can't fit in the wall. He's overweight. And then Al tries to order a hamburger from Bob. Gloria says he can't have a hamburger, but he can have a turkey burger. Bob says there's no such thing as a turkey burger. I get it. Like, obviously you can make a turkey patty and call it a turkey burger, but it's just not the same thing. And then Gloria tells him to go read his maxim. He found his maxim in the recycling at the condo. I'm pretty sure it's not the same condos as in It Snakes a Village, but I wonder why they moved, if that's the case. Bob decides to have the kids go downstairs, and he can go down to the downstairs part of the crawl space and tell them how to run the restaurant for the day. He decides that the burger of the day will be Never Been Feta, which comes with feta cheese, but Louise changes it to the Foot Feta-ish Burger. (laughs) She's really proud of herself. Next, we see that Bob asks Jean to come up to the crawlspace vent. He pees in a can, and he handed it to Jean through a vent. Why is there a random rusty can in their wall? That's not okay. Linda then decides to call Teddy the contractor to come and let Bob out of the wall. Bob's talking about how he doesn't want talky Teddy to come, which Linda finds ridiculous. It's not like he doesn't have time to talk to Teddy. Teddy comes, and he's talking to Bob. Bob is wearing a crown made out of copper wire. He's already starting to lose it a little bit. Teddy's looking at the problem, and he's telling him that the town used to be full of bootleggers, and Teddy's uncle used to own a speakeasy named Swanky's. It had a signature cocktail called the Swanky Panky. Teddy starts out by saying it's two parts vermouth before Bob cuts him off. We don't know much else about it, but the YouTube channel How to Drink did a fantastic video imagining what the Swanky Panky would be like. It's based on a real-life cocktail called the Hanky Panky, but the basic recipe is vermouth, gin, rye, and fernet branca, garnished with an orange twist. I don't drink, but the host really enjoyed it. Anyway, check it out. You might enjoy it. Teddy starts talking about how he can totally get Bob out, but Bob wants to stay in for another day and says there's nothing wrong with a man enjoying his crawl space until his in-laws leave. Teddy is genuinely worried that Bob might go crazy in the wall. Foreshadowing! Teddy says that he can come back tomorrow, but he still has to charge Bob for today. His therapist said if he doesn't value his time, no one will. Teddy is really sweet. Bob has decided to stay in the crawl space for one more day. He borrowed Jean's camera and Louise's Coochie Kobe nightlight. Yay, first Coochie Kobe appearance! He shows the camera that he'll be sleeping on a bed of insulation and newspaper, which looks fluffy, but it is not comfy. Insulation is is sharp and pokey. We look through the rest of the house, and we hear that the grandparents are having sex in Jean's room, which is just really bad manners. Like, especially if you're only there for one day, surely you can hold that urge in. Louise hears, and she hopes that they're using protection because she is not taking care of that baby. 
as Tina slips into her night terrors, we see that she has a super ugly bedspread in bed. I'm really glad they redecorate later and make her room a little more fitting for a teenage girl. Tina's conscious mind doesn't hear her grandparents, but her subconscious imagines two zombies making out, and they start making her grandparents' sex noises. Ugh. That would traumatize just about everyone. So we cut to the next morning, five hours until Gloria leaves. And Tina is still awake, poor thing. No wonder she wasn't able to sleep. We go to school with the kids the next day, and we see that Gene wasn't ready for his history report because Bob wasn't there to help him with it. He decides that since his grandparents were probably both alive during Prohibition, although they probably weren't, they can't really be that old, Gene's report was just his grandparents' sex noises that he sampled on his keyboard. He sent to the principal's office by his hippie teacher, whom we never see ever again. <laughs> so we cut to the restaurant after school. Louise is hosting a seance with three other girls. She asks if he's there, and Bob replies and pretends to be a ghost. They can ask him questions, but they only want to know if he's from the movies Ghost or Ghost Dad. Stupid questions make him want to eat their souls. As the girls run away, Louise screams, Ah, he got me! At least you're holding me now! <laughs> she has a flair for the dramatic, and I love that. Linda sees this, and she hopes that he's having fun, because he's in big trouble. In addition to the stress from her parents visiting, she has to take care of the kids and run the whole restaurant by herself. So Bob tries to comfort her, but while they're talking, Linda has to clear her throat and she does it just like her mom. Bob mentions that if she starts to sound like her mom, she'll start to talk like her mom and even start to nag like her mom. Linda is not turning into her mother, she says, as Gloria comes out of the bathroom and starts nagging the customers to go back in the bathroom and clean up after themselves. Bob yells at Gloria and calls Linda Nagatha Christie. Good one, Bob. And Gloria decides to stay another night to help out. They'll stay as long as needed. Linda accepts their help. Bob panics and tries to get out, but he's really trapped by how the pipes are constructed over the entrance, which I'm surprised that he was able to get in with the pipes there. He tells Linda he's really trapped, and she's furious that he was faking. Teddy calls to say he's coming over to let Bob out, and Linda turns him down to get her revenge. He can stay in the wall for a few more days because Linda thinks he deserves it. So... We're back in the crawl space with Bob, and it's day three of being stuck in the wall. He's starting to crack. We see this really well-done montage of how he needs to go number two. He gets a splinter and faints because he can't handle seeing blood. And he starts freaking out about spiders that aren't there. We see him talking to Coochie Kopi and sobbing in the corner. Bob is not doing well. To be fair, neither is the rest of the family, and Mr. Frond, the guidance counselor at the kids' school, has started to notice. We see Mr. Frond in his office with Louise. His office posters say, Respectacles, and hop on the self-esteem boat. So Mr. Frond is asking Louise why she wanted to have a seance in their restaurant and when her father passed away. Louise asks for his hands, and they try to summon Bob's spirit. Louise hums and starts making the same noises that Linda makes when she's trying to be a psychic in the episode, I Get a Psychic Out of You. Back in the restaurant, we see that Gloria is making a tuna burger called the Toonami and promises Linda she'll sell a million of them, and Linda makes it the burger of the day. I understand she's mad at Bob, but that would seem like heresy to him. So back in the crawl space, Bob is dreaming, and Dream Bob finds a big door that leads into a speakeasy in the crawl space. Great idea, right? Coochie Kopi, looking dapper in a bow tie, is the bartender. Bob asks for some of his best hooch, and Coochie Kopi asks if Bob needs to use the facilities. Bob does, and we see a heavy shadow pass across his face as he thinks of how long it's been. Bob has a daily appointment in the bathroom, as we learn in the sexy dance fighting episode, so this must be killing him. Ugh. Dream Bob uses the bathroom, and they start talking about how willful Gloria needs to be corrected, aka killed. 
Kuchikalpi somehow knows that Gloria and Linda are attempting to interfere with Bob's business by bringing in an alternate protein. Bob's subconscious wants to kill Gloria. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but Bob is a little bit crazy right now. Bob has gotten crazy enough that he's having conversations with Kuchikopi in the wall as if he were a real person and whispering to customers about mercury poisoning in the tuna fish. He's gotten too crazy and Gloria is going to call the fire department. It's gone too far and he needs to come out of the wall. We go back to Mr. Fran's office and we see that all the kids are there and they're all in trouble. Tina got in trouble because she climbed into the ceiling to sleep, started spying on the boys' locker room, and told the boy to drop his towel. Super pervy. It's problematic because it would seem a lot worse if she were a boy, but you can also make the argument that she's just a young girl exploring her sexuality. Anyway, we will have to address that another time. So, Mr. Fawn mentions that he's seen a lot of red flags, and he takes out an actual red flag from his desk. You know he's just been waiting to use it. He loves a good prop. And he actually collects more props over the throughout the series, because at this moment in his office in the second episode, he doesn't have all the yarn dolls he has later. Tina explains that they're all in trouble because their dad was trapped in the wall. Their kid's in crisis, and Mr. Fawn wants to conduct a home visit today. Luis sees an opportunity to mess with him and whips him into a frenzy by making him bring grief puppets and crisis crayons to their home visit. So back in the restaurant, Gloria has called the firefighters and they're ordered to chop a hole in the wall, but they explain that Bob might not come out of his own free will. She might have to put some food out. Fran pulls up in his car. Luis explains that the restaurant probably got complaints about the smell, so they're here to take out the parts of the body that are still in the wall. Ugh, that's so gross, especially because that implies that they, like, tried to take him out before and they didn't get all of them out, so they just decided to come back later and finish the job. Ugh, that's super gross. So the kids continue riling up Fran, and Luis cries, Don't you take my daddy out of the wall! Honestly, she would be an amazing actress if she were ever interested in it. Back in the kitchen, Fran has come inside, and Linda is serving Fran some tea while Louise colors with the crisis crayons. Linda summons Bob and says the guidance counselor is here. Bob asks, counselor, what is this, camp? This is my favorite line. Huh, I'm funny as a wall. It's so simple, but it's so good. Fran is shocked that Bob isn't dead. Louise tricked Fran into thinking that Bob was dead because she likes messing with people she thinks are stupid. <laughs> and then Linda doesn't even think about how she just called Mr. Fran stupid. We find out that Frond is vegetarian. I guess he was just planning on not eating the rib roast when he's invited to dinner in the episode The Cook, The Steve, The Gale, and Her Lover. We also find out that he wants to get social services involved, which is terrifying. So downstairs in the restaurant, we see Gloria stepping into the crawl space with a plate of ground beef for Bob. Why ground beef? Especially since she's trying to feed people tuna and turkey. And also, it looks like it's raw. She's treating him like a wild raccoon or something. Bob hears Gloria clearing her throat and screams that it's coming from inside the wall. Gloria's trying to track him down. He's crawling away from her and she busts through the kitchen wall holding him like a limp ragdoll. She must be very strong. And she announces, here's Bobby. So 25 minutes later, Bob emerges from the bathroom, a changed man. He apologizes for being selfish and dumb and apologizes for calling Linda Nagatha Christie. He says that he can do better, like Spiro Nagnew, Nagati Ann, or Secretary of Nagriculture. That one Linda likes, but she's not an ag. I like that he says he can do better. He's not just worried about apologizing, even after hiding out in the wall for three days to stay away from his family. Frond announces again that he's calling to social services, and then Gloria stops him. She says that having a family makes you nuts, and he doesn't know enough to be calling anyone. And she says that she thinks Linda is the best mother in the world. How sweet. 
She also points out that Fraun broke a lot of rules. He took the kids away from learning, and he didn't even make them wear seatbelts. I wonder if he even told anyone they were leaving, or if he just took them out. He probably didn't check them out, which is something you have to do a lot in most schools nowadays. Now that all the problems have been solved, Fraun leaves, and so do the grandparents. They run up on the curb as they drive away, and they probably shouldn't be driving, especially all the way back to Florida. They're standing outside the restaurant waving goodbye to the grandparents, and Louise asks for her Coochie Kobe night like that, and Bob refuses. He really bonded with Coochie Kobe in the wall. Louise climbs Bob to get her night like back, even though it's embarrassing for her. <laughs> She's surprisingly acrobatic. Go Louise. And then the episode ends with the, the classic credits, just Bob cooked, cooking in the kitchen with his family. I love this episode so, so much. Crawl Space was my absolute favorite episode until I saw Dawn of the Peck, and this episode is just so well written. Most new shows don't have stellar first seasons, but Bob's Burgers has an excellent first season. I love all the pop culture references, and I love that this is an introduction for Linda's parents and for Teddy. We're going to see a lot of Teddy throughout the next few seasons. I'm glad that they thought to introduce him as early as the second episode. He does continue to be talky Teddy, though, which really annoyed me for the first few seasons. So let's talk about our question of the week. This might not seem interesting at first, but stay with me. So the question is, where is Linda's family from? Let's talk about what we know. In the It Snakes a Village episode, we see a map, and it looks like their car comes from either New York or New Jersey to go down to Florida. We know that they live in the New York or New Jersey area, and we know that Bob grew up in their area. However, Linda has a very different accent from almost anyone else except her mom and sister, and it's very New York or New Jersey. She thinks that Kelly Ripa is very classy in the X for Days episode, and mentions that Kelly Ripa is from New Jersey. We know that she grew up with Ginger, with whom she only communicates over the phone. We know that she and Bob didn't grow up together, and we see in Sliding Bobs that she was only in town for one night when she met Bob. That might be a possible detail just added by the kids as they were telling the story. My theory is that Linda is from the New York or New Jersey area, as from the rest of her family. She moved to Bobstown to be with him, and Gail followed to be with Linda. We know that the Belcher's town is on the seaside and celebrates Lobster Fest, so it is. they are on the coast. I mean, obviously, the ocean is right there. New Jersey is the most likely guess because it has a lot more coastline than New York. It is possible that they're from the same state, that they're both from New Jersey, and that most characters don't have an accent, so the characters could be understood more easily. That theory also holds a lot of weight, especially since Linda could just be from further inland than Bob. But we do have a possible continuity error. Linda went to high school in their area, which we see in Purple Rain Union. I don't mind that this is ambiguous, um, since the episode would be a lot more boring if they had to drive like two hours away, but it's definitely fun to think about. To recap, Linda is possibly just from a different part of New Jersey than Bob is, but they definitely didn't grow up together. Let me know what you think about where Linda's family is from. Anyway, that's our question for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Please review or subscribe or tell a friend if you can. I'd really appreciate the help. I hope you liked it. Thank you and goodbye.